Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And by Wyndham Garden Lafayette. From Café Vermilionville in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with creative business consultant Aileen Bennett. It's business, Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Aileen Bennett. Welcome to Out to Lunch. We can all quote lines from the movies, going all the way back to, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn, and we're not in Kansas anymore. These types of movie lines have become famous, not because they're especially poetic pieces of writing or examples of extraordinary acting, but because they succinctly tell us something about ourselves. Show me the money. You can't handle the truth. I'll be back. Build it and they will come. The last one is from the movie Field of Dreams. What the character actually says in the movie is, if you build it, they will come. This line resonates with us because it's all about faith. Faith in ourselves, in our own courage to follow our dreams, and faith in our fellow humans that others will recognize our courage and affirm it by buying into our dream. This is the exact opposite of how we're taught in business school to launch a business. But passion-driven businesses can be just as successful as the more traditional, highly planned business venture. My guests on Out to Lunch today are both evidence of this. In 2013, Todd Butoh wanted to escape the rat race in Los Angeles. He wanted his daughter to grow up knowing her family, and he wanted to spend time with his parents who weren't getting any younger. So Todd abandoned his dreams of being an actor in Hollywood and moved back to Lafayette. (laughs) Todd's wife, Rina, is a Japanese-American. Ironically, it's turned out to be a Japanese culture that has fueled Todd's dreams since they moved back here. Todd is co-owner and marketing manager of the Japanese restaurant Izumi Ramen in Lafayette. He's also the marketing manager of the Hawaiian-inspired restaurant Poke Go in Lafayette, and he's the co-owner of Poke Go in Lake Charles. Todd, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, what an introduction. That was, <laughs> that was amazing. You, you have to live thank up you. to all of that now. Yes, yes. Wow, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Way back in 2001, Mark Falgu came back home from traveling the world and decided to open the kind of guest house in Lafayette that he would like to stay at if he was a traveler here. That's how the Blue Moon Guest House was born. Because all travelers here want to hear music, Mark gave them that too in the form of the Blue Moon Saloon. It turned out that the Blue Moon was a great place for travelers to meet locals, because locals made the Blue Moon one of the most popular places in Lafayette to go and hear music. So Mark gave the locals another, bigger venue, Warehouse 535. And in 2018, Mark came up with another idea. This one doesn't involve a piece of real estate. It's the Solo Songwriters Festival. From its early success, it looks like Mark's music booking skills and the years he spent as a board member of Festival International have paid off. Mark Falgu, welcome back to Out to Lunch. Hey, thanks for having me back, Eileen. It's great to be here. Todd, when you were out in Los Angeles building your career as an actor, you had a number of jobs along the way, including waiting tables and spinning records as a DJ. Now that you're back home in a climate that's less frenetic, and you came home specifically to make the most of this more relaxed lifestyle, but you're co-owning two restaurants and running three restaurants in total. Just to recap, you co-own Izumi Ramen in Lafayette and Poke Go in Lake Charles, and you're the marketing manager of Poke Go in Lafayette. Most people would be happy if they came home and could open and run one successful <laughs> restaurant. Is there some reason you're involved in three restaurants? Uh, luck? I don't know. Maybe um, it. You know how 
things just happen to end up. I never even actually thought I'd be in the restaurant business, but uh, you know, I, uh, I I end up partnering up with this guy named Andy Sahandi. And uh, one so thing stop. Landed- you can't just end up. How did it happen? <laughs> okay, so I started working with him at a restaurant. Um, I, when I first got out here, I was almost like starting over, right? So I became a server at one of his restaurants. It used to be uh, the Rodizio uh, Grill. He was a uh, GM there. And, uh, and I just happened to mention that I was a marketing manager also. And so it wasn't too long before he, uh, he said, you know what, he brought me on as the marketing manager there. And then uh, that's where you get into one thing led to another. I started marketing for him at uh, Rodizio. And then when he decided to open up uh, Poke Go and he brought that to my attention, he asked me to come along with him then, so that's what I did. I went along with Poke Go, and uh, one thing led to another. We started with Poke Go, and then, and then there was the, uh, the other Poke Go on Johnston, and then there was Homa, and then there's uh, Izumi, and there you go. It's just one thing led to another. So if Hollywood called tomorrow, would you go back and be an actor? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, Andy, I love you, but uh, you know what? No, but, uh, you know, I'm still acting out here. I, I do theater up in uh, Franklin, the Franklin Tesh Theater. So I still do what I love. I love, uh, um, I, I love performing. Mark, the Blue Moon Saloon has become part of the fabric of Lafayette. It's a place where people like to meet, where they know and they can hear great music. Warehouse 535 is a different kind of meeting place, but it's an entertainment value. It's based on the same fundamental business model. The Solo Songwriters Festival seems to be a horse of a different stripe. What do you see is the need that a songwriters festival is filling in this community, and what's the business model for it? Well, you know, there are, between the Blue Moon and the Warehouse, I think there are kind of two distinct uh, business models. You know, my wife and I, Nicole, uh, started uh, the Warehouse 535 uh, about three years ago, which was an extension from the Blue Moon. And we thought about, hey, you know, if we had a little bit bigger venue, a space that we could offer uh, a few different types of events. And indoors as well. And indoors, and also have the outdoor festival ground. So it was an idea that we came and it was going to be kind of an extension of the Blue Moon. After you're in business for a little while, like the Blue Moon started off just as a hostel, then it grew into a music venue and a saloon, and then we've kind of expanded from there. The warehouse has evolved also. We've kind of gotten more into the private event business. You know, we, once again, I never thought I'd be in the wedding business, but we did over 50 weddings there last year. And uh, and the bot- the business model shift it in the sense that it, it's, tough to, it's tough to sell tickets to... Uh, concerts these days in Lafayette, especially when you do what we do at the Blue Moon and have music four or five days a week. And doing that for 18 years, that's a lot of shows that we have there. So one of the things we thought that maybe could help spark that was to create a, a way for our local songwriters to enhance their craft. And it all starts with, uh, you know, it starts with the song. So we had the idea of coming up with uh, a songwriter festival and then partnered up with one of our uh, associates with a big uh, publishing house in Los Angeles, BMG, Worldwide Publishing, and uh, they had the idea of bringing in a music workshop on the front side of the festival. So you start off with a small idea, you want to expand on it, and like Todd says, one thing leads to the next, and the next thing you know, you wonder kind of uh, how do we get to where we are today, you know? So it's a di- definitely a different kind of songwriting festival. There are performances every night of the songs that were written that day? 
What we do is we bring in, uh, it's like going to camp, which is kind of interesting, you know, and this is going to be, uh, it's an annual event. Last year was our first year, so we had this idea of bringing folks together and uh, kind of putting local professionals with professionals who do this for a living and then also the aspiring writers, up-and-comers. So uh, so they don't have to sit there by themselves and write a they song, don't have they to, join with other people. They join with other people and we kind of get That's them to meet, cool. we get them to meet in the lobby of uh the Juliet Hotel at uh, 9.30 in the morning and uh, we do a little brief introduction and say take a look at the whiteboard, find your group, introduce yourself to them, we'll get in a van, we'll drop you off in a writing space and we'll pick you up in about seven hours and then when you get back we want you to show us what you came up with. Wow, from, start from the ground up, you start writing the song and then you, you get just build it and then uh, they all get together with their instruments and then create it right then and there? Exactly. Wow. So what we do is at the end of each day, we do a song share. So uh, we have groups of 13 to 14. And after the first day of last year, I sat there and I was going, wow, that first song was amazing. And then yeah. they just kept building. It's amazing the, uh, the creativity that is, uh, that is out there. So it's, it's, it's fun to watch from the inception of the idea all the way to the actual uh, performance. Well, it's, I know being in L.A., I, had a, I was in a band. Also, that's one of the few things I I did and uh, managed a band and to be able to create a song with a group of people and then you see that at the end of the day from, sometimes it takes weeks months years to create a song to do that in a day that's pretty incredible that's awesome and although we can talk about it from this side like it was a success last year and it's going to be an even bigger success every year the same for you, Todd. You brought in new things here. To, you know, you brought in poke, which m a lot of people had never tried, right. and ramen, mm -hmm. which we knew about but didn't have that many places to eat it. How did you, or did you know they were going to be a success, or you, you just wanted to bring something different? Well, you know, when you first come, when I first got back to Louisiana, you noticed a lot of things that you know other cities, the big cities, they don't have yet. You know, and uh, and we saw a growing trend of uh, health. And you know, people wanting to get something to go that's uh, that's lighter, that's uh, that's quicker, but it, at the same time, it tastes good. That's one thing in South Louisiana. You know, you can have. They had, I think it was uh, Salad Works before. There's other restaurants before where we were. It didn't quite work. Um, I don't know. I think we just have to make sure the taste is still there, also. So, and one of the things was uh, we realized this uh, poke. If there wasn't any poke restaurants. And, uh, and it was one of the fastest growing uh, type of fast casual restaurants in the United States. And uh, it was, oh, it's not here. So let's, I think that's be a good... For the people that don't know what poke is and, and don't eat it as much as I yeah. do, can you explain what poke is? Yeah, poke is, well, first of all, it's a Hawaiian dish. It's, uh, it's an ancient Hawaiian dish that goes back for centuries. Poke is uh, basically, it's like, a, it's, I mean, poke means to be chopped cubed fish. Um, and uh, you can get it in a bowl or a roll. Uh, it's uh, started with uh, like maybe ahi tuna or, or salmon, as you know. And uh, you could put it over better rice. You get uh, vegetables, fruits as your mix-ins, and you put a sauce on top of that. And then you have uh, you know, like a little crunch, and then a little seasoning on top of that. So it's like kind of like a sushi in a bowl. Uh, you can have it like that. Or um, I know in South Louisiana we realize that not a lot of people don't eat sushi, so we have chicken. You can have shrimp, fried shrimp, that kind of stuff. But so that's basically what it is right there. Just so you know, we live on the other side of town from the original Poke Go, okay. and, uh, and I had to make that drive many a time because my kids are like, "Let's really? go, we need." To go eat that's some poke, great. you know. <laughs> and then when you open the second location yeah. down on uh, John, uh, okay. Johnson Street, right there, it's close to yeah, us. So, uh, saying that, yeah. yeah, so it made a little bit more convenient. But man, congrats Fantastic. to y'all. Great, thank and, you. Uh, yeah. So, Todd, you worked in restaurants as a server, yeah. but you seem to very quickly switch to running restaurants. How did you know how to run a restaurant? 
Well, I mean, when I was a kid, I actually uh, I kind of grew up in a restaurant. Uh, I was we had the Bowling Point a long time ago before we sold it. Um, oh wow! I was like five years old, six years old. So I've been. My dad was always kind of in in and out of the restaurant business, uh, and then from there we we had a seafood business in Subamo Point, Louisiana, hard shell, soft shell crab business. So I've been around the food business uh, all my life. Um, and, uh, and then when I went to L.A., you know, I was in restaurants, you know, bars, you know, so you're around it, you know, since I was five years old. So I kind of had a sense of, uh, you know, of the way it works, you know, in the kitchen. My mom always cooks. So as far as cooking stuff, I was always there cooking, uh, you know, gumbo, crochet to all that kind of stuff. And then, um, so, so yeah, so once I got, once I got to, uh, to being here, it was kind of a natural thing. I, it didn't really feel like, you know, how to, how to do this, what's going on. It just, uh, it just was kind of like, I've already been here, done that. And um, so now it's, just, I can, you know, now it's just a matter of making money at doing it, you know. So did you start from what isn't here or did yeah. you start from what is delicious? Yeah, so I think it was, it was you know, what I like when, when we were in L.A., what's really good out there and I see everyone doing it to, okay, well, I think that can, and, and it's good, it's delicious. I think a little bit of both. I fell in love with ramen after I fell in love with my wife, which was the Japanese ramen, you know, it was one of those I'm glad things. it was that way around. Yes, yes. So it was, one, it was kind of hand in hand. So once, once she introduced me to ramen, and then, you know, it was just a kind of natural thing. Wow, you know what, with poke, people love poke. I think people would love, I mean, because I, I love, absolutely love, love ramen because, you know, there's so many things you can do with it. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Aileen Bennett. I'm talking with Todd Buto from Poke Go and Izumi Ramen and Mark Falgu from Blue Moon Saloon and Warehouse 535. We'll be right back after this very brief break. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Aileen Bennett. I'm talking with Todd Buto from Poke Go and Izumi Ramen and Mark Falgu from Blue Moon Saloon and Warehouse 535. Mark, two questions for you. How has music changed and the music business changed since you've been involved in the last 18 years? Well, um, I guess music is naturally evolving. You know, that's part of what it does. It has to be moving forward to kind of keep it fresh. Do you and try keep and stay real. up with the trends, or just go for the? I mean, I'm very fortunate because uh, my wife is uh, a lot younger than I am, so she's coming from a different generation, and we have uh, three kids that are 10, 12, and 13. So they're into music. So uh, we have a really, uh, we kind of learn from each other. You know, so when they're in the car with me, we're listening to one thing. When they're in the car with their mom, they're listening to something else. Um, you know, they have their own uh, musical taste. So uh, I think music will always progress. Uh, locally, I've seen it kind of uh, changed a lot in the sense that it used to be a focal point where we were open five days a week and we had a steady crowd that came in now. I think one of the things is with the different ideas, different uh uh, forms of media where people can get all the entertainment they need in the palm of their hand that they don't feel the need to actually go out and go into a venue to experience the music and I think that's changed a little bit so we're constantly thinking of ways that we can go ahead and enhance that experience and create an experience as opposed to just it being about a concert so it's it's education in there too. and there were more venues in Lafayette recently there are a lot more venues everybody wants to be in the music business and it's uh you know it's like the restaurant business there's a lot that goes into the back of the house that no one sees they come in and they eat the great food and walk out and go man what a that what a cool 
business to be in, but you know what is it? You know, when you're out there taking orders in the morning and cleaning out the grease traps at tough. the end of the day, it's a, yeah. it's a long, makes for a long haul. Absolutely. So is it harder to get people out of their houses to both of your locations these days? Well, I mean, fortunately for maybe the restaurant business and unfortunately for the music club venue, I mean, I guess you can get your food waitered into someone's house. I mean, yeah, that's right. I mean, that's a, that's a, yeah, for now you can absolutely with waiter, you can, uh, on a rainy day, you just, uh, you just put out there, hey guys, don't forget, you can waiter it in. And we can't uh, do that with musicians we yet. Can't, we can't that's quite uh, bring them, uh, the whole band and experience into your house, even though a lot of people are starting to do house concerts. But really? one of the things, uh, one of the things you mentioned about, you know, trying to make money and being a, a musician is one of the things that we're focusing on at Solo. We have a music business conference, a professional development conference, where we're bringing in music publishers, where we're bringing in music supervisors, where we're showing these uh, artists different ways to monetize their careers, so where you don't have to load up the uh, van, play a gig, and sell CDs out of your trunk, that there are other ways to uh, generate revenue in the business. Is Solo unique in that, or is that happening at festi- songwriting festivals all over? Well, I think that... What makes Solo unique uh, is a lot of songwriting festivals do have conference or professional development aspects to it, but most of the, or they do have workshop portions, but to have the combination of all three in one spot to where we can come in and actually use it to this time as a creative time. So basically we're bringing people together. And one of the most special nights of Solo is the Friday night, what we call Solo Sessions, where we pick the best songs that were created in Lafayette over those last four days and we do a world premiere so people are experiencing something for the very first time and these songs didn't exist four days prior and all that was created here so we're working on the creative side of things where a lot of songwriting festivals bring in artists and they're performing their songs and doing writers rounds and song shares but it's songs that they've brought with them to the uh... and you do bring in a few artists to work with the people who have you got this year well, we're bringing in. Uh, that's a that's a good question. Uh, I heard br- Nick Lowe. Nick Lowe is Nick Lowe's kicking off our uh, our event on uh, Wednesday night, and uh, then also we have uh, Jim Lauderdale's coming in from uh, Nashville. Mary Goche's coming in from. Uh, Nashville. We have uh, writers Jamie Commons coming in from the UK, uh, Louise Goffin coming in from Los Angeles. So we have folks coming in from uh, around the world, literally, to kind of create so with it, our local artists. Is the Songwriters Festival a money-making venture? And if so, how do you make money? So there's the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I get that question from my wife a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you too. I get, I get questions about money making all the time from my yeah. wife. It's weird how they got the same questions. Well, you know, I think that uh, we're fortunate in the sense that what we try to do is to do something that we really love and to try to make money off of doing it, you know. And in the meantime, if we can do that and also provide a service to the community, provide a service to the artists, to where they're learning, they can become more successful, the community can become more successful as a music community, and then we can kind of uh, afford to send our kids to school and uh, buy them clothes, and I think it's a, it's a win-win for everybody. Mark and Todd, this is part of the show that we call The Interview. Whether you've been on a job interview lately or you've been on the other side of the desk and had to hire people, there's been an interesting trend in the job interview. It consists of asking job applicants questions that test their ability to think through a problem. I have a list of 20 of these strange interview questions in front of me. 20? I'm going to ask you to pick one number between 1 and 20. I'll ask you one of these questions and just see what you make of it. Who wants to go first? 
I'll go first. I'll take number four. Number four. Oh, seemingly very interesting. Easy question. What did you have for breakfast? I didn't eat breakfast this morning. I've uh, probably for the past four or five months, I've been kind of doing this intermittent intermittent fasting where I, uh, I don't eat till noon uh, during the day and then I uh, won't eat past eight o'clock. So, um, so that's kind of a, a, a trend that I'm on right now. The, do you often do these different diet fads or is this... Well, I uh, no, I'm, I'm not a. Uh, I'm pretty much a kind of eat what I want when I want type. So why uh, intermittent fasting? You know, I was. Uh, I just happened to be reading one day about this quarterback, uh, Alex Smith, who, uh, you know, he said he was getting towards the back end of his career, and uh, he had an off season. He was trying to see if he would make the team, so he took this idea of uh, he read about intermittent fasting and he was going to go ahead and see if that kind of helped him build his energy and his concentration, his focus. And uh, he came back in after the off season and the teammates noticed a difference there, you know, and so I, is uh, it working for you? It, it, if I stick to it, it does work. I mean, I kind of gave it a little break during the, uh, the holidays, Christmas holidays, just because it's too hard with the food we have here to give it up. But, you know, I have young kids and I have to be able to kind of stay mobile. I want to be able to move and I want to be able to do that. So I thought that uh, I'm always up for a challenge. You know, I'd like to try to keep myself, uh, you know. Because running two like, music venues and the songwriters contest not enough. But I'd like to be able to fit in my pants, you know. Also, <laughs> <laughs> that's the other that's part also, it, right? you know, Yeah, Absolutely. Todd, choose a number between 1 and 20. Okay, I'll go with 20. <clears throat> what was the last gift you gave someone? It would have to be my wife. Um, that's oh. a good start. <laughs> yes. Uh, I have to, yeah, it was, it was a bag that, it's actually, it was for our anniversary. She was <laughs> scrolling online and she saw that there was, a, um, is it Keller Williams, I believe? I'm, I don't, I'm not even sure, but it was Keller Williams' bag that she was uh, scrolling online that was... I think Keller Williams are realtors. Real estate oh, yeah, I was, no, that's not right, is it? But it was a beautiful bag. You, I was, this goes to show you how, yeah, how good I am with uh, anniversary gifts. Hey, um, but, I, but I'll tell you this, as ironic as it sounds... It's true. Yesterday was my anniversary, and I gave my wife a bag for our anniversary. So, so there, what was the name of that bag? It. Do you remember the name of that bag? <laughs> it see? was, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, see what I mean? See, there, I was making things up, and then you caught me. Um, no, but, um, but it was a bag. It was, she's going to kill me, too. It was a bag, and it was a really, uh, originally it was really expensive, but it was, uh, it was on sale. And she was like, hey, you know what? If you want to get me um, something for anniversary, I know it's a little early. Look, this is on sale, and it's really awesome. And I'm thinking, wow, that's perfect, because that way I don't, whenever the anniversary actually does come, I'm good. I'm golden, and I don't even have to think uh, about anything. Let me right? tell you, you're not good. You will have to, especially after this, you will have to buy another surprise I gotta gift. Get her another, yeah, i got to do another whole surprise just because of this interview right here. <laughs> So are you normally good with giving gifts? I, I would say, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm all, I give too many gifts, especially to my kids. Every time I go to, um, you know, like, you know, the store, I'll go to Walgreens, and i got to pick up medicine. I'm always seeing something. I got, you know, I got a seven-year-old, and then i got a one-and-a-half-year-old. And are the kids growing up in your restaurants the way that you grew up? Um, yeah, because, you know, well, especially with Izumi, we live really, you know, behind, you know, Izumi. So they're there all the time. They'll pop in, and, uh, and I'll, you know, they're always coming over. I'll go pick up, while I'm at the restaurant, I'll, uh, I'll take a break and go pick up Nola. I'll actually walk over there and I'll pick her up from the bus. 
and uh, and then we'll come back to the restaurant. Uh, my my uh, partner Andy he has a little girl, almost the same age, so they play there. Um, and of course, they bother a bunch of they're always bothering customers, and I have to tell them to be quiet. And uh, but uh, but you know how that goes. But um, yeah, so they're they're all around, they're always there, you know. And, so you know, if one day all of your chefs called in sick. Could you replace them? Can you cook everything that's served in your restaurants? Uh, well, obviously one's raw, so you can make that. Well, one. yeah, I can go the po- poke go. Yes, uh, Izumi, I would say almost, almost, almost everything, pretty much, almost. Mark, let me ask you the same question: If a band shows up and their guitarist is sick or their drummer's absent, could you stand in? I cannot. That is a, <laughs> that is a definite. I cannot. Um, it's uh, I get I get. Ask that question a lot. Often they said, like, so, uh, so do you uh, do you play? Do you write? And I'm like, well, no. I mean, I've written a couple songs just uh, out of uh, something to do, something fun to do, and uh, I can play a couple chords on the guitar. But uh, no, I'm I'm not. Uh, I could bartend if I needed to, but I'm more of the uh, kind of the vision person, if you will. You know, I kind of figure out what I like. And then try to go ahead and present that to like-minded folks. And fortunately for us, that's been able to work at the Blue Moon to where, you know, had this idea, this crazy idea of bringing people into hanging out at the uh, in the backyard of a house in Freetown, which was not a very uh, yeah. You take you know, Louisiana and you uh, open an open-air music venue. On paper, <laughs> that seems like the craziest thing in the world. And yet, people are happy to go dripping with sweat, and it's still a great it, time. It, it seems to be a trend that I have. One paper, most of the stuff that I do looks like the craziest ideas, you know, and it, it's a challenge. But, it, you know, it, it, makes it, uh, it makes it exciting, you know. Here in Acadiana, we're somewhat and happily isolated from the rest of the world. One of the reasons we're happy in our semi-isolation is that we don't need the rest of the world for a lot of what makes our life enjoyable. We create our own culture, our own food, our own music. But there's no doubt that when people leave here and come back, the influences they bring with them from the outside world are most welcome. Mark and Todd, you're both having a material influence on our lives here in Lafayette, in Lake Charles and beyond. Thank you both for enriching Acadiana and thank you for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you, Eileen. Thanks for having us. Appreciate you. Thank you. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Todd Buto, Marketing Manager of Poke Go in Lafayette and co-owner and Marketing Manager of Poke Go in Lake Charles and Izumi Rahman in Lafayette and Mark Falgu, owner of the Blue Moon Saloon, Warehouse 535 and the founder of Solo, Songwriters Festival. And you can find out more about Todd and Mark's multiple enterprises by following the links on our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Morrell. Our researchers are Anne Christian and Ali Coates. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on our website, itsacadiana.com, and on our It's Acadiana Facebook page. These photos were taken by Lucius A. Fontenot. You can find out more about Lucius at lafphoto.com. You can get this show and past shows as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify. And you can find all of our podcasts at itsacadiana.com. You can also keep up with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You'll find those links on our website, itsacadiana.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KLVS 88.7 FM. I'm Aileen Bennett. Thanks for joining me today. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the lunch table for more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Acadiana is recorded live over lunch at Cafe Vermilionville in Lafayette. Cafe Vermilionville is open Monday to Friday for lunch. 
and six nights a week for dinner with a courtyard that sets the scene for fine Louisiana cuisine. The Atalanta Acadiana theme music, Encore Monsieur, Nice Guy, is written by Mitchell Foreman and performed by Mitchell Foreman and Andre Michaud. Atalanta Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana and Destin Ortego from The Opportunity Machine. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from the Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Cali Saloon. Wyndham Garden Lafayette is a pet and family-friendly hotel with reception space for large and intimate events, free parking, free Wi-Fi, and a free shuttle within three miles that includes the airport and downtown restaurants.